Hey, welcome to Keep Going with Arrows. This is a behind the scenes look at two friends who are bootstrapping a SaaS software company. I'm Daniel, and with me is my co-founder, Benedict. And Benedict did a solo episode last time. Thank you. I wasn't feeling too great, but what did we talk about? You you did a blog post and posted that. How, did, how do you feel about it now? Good. I think, you know, at the time, it hadn't really been long enough to kind of get some feedback, but in general, I think it went really well. I think you posted it like the day you recorded, maybe. That sounds right. Yeah. So basically, since then, got a bunch of conversation around it, a bunch of people, yeah, discussing kind of the ideas behind it and what it's talking about. And it didn't lead directly to any demos, but it felt like it was genuinely helpful to a lot of people. Yeah, I guess we should say, in case people hadn't listened to last week's episode, that the post was kind of about, you know, five key things you should do when you're onboarding customers in a high-touch way. Benedict took a lot of the things we learned in our research of talking to dozens of customer success teams and turned those into kind of the things we hit in our demos. And we kind of took the things that when we hit a note on our demo, we hear people kind of shake their head yes and get excited and and we kind of converted that to a post and Benedict did all the legwork there. And then we shared that. We went and did some promotion for that, which was the key part that kind of, I think, happened after your podcast episode last time. Went to some customer success forums and LinkedIn groups. And we did a Twitter thread that actually did pretty good. We got some some nice awareness there. And I think that brought people to our site. Um, and then the other thing I think that was beneficial there is we, we send a monthly advisor update to a group of kind of investors and advisors and entrepreneurs we like. There's about 20 or so people on there. And we asked them to reshare that Twitter thread and the post. And I think that kind of reminded some of them what we were up to and 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 gave them an opening to make some introductions for us. So all of that energy, even though you said it didn't really lead to demos directly, it kind of, we ended up having our biggest week of demos last week. So in some ways, you're right. In some ways, it, it, it kind of inspired enough energy around us to encourage there to be a lot of demos. The one thing I guess that happened though is we had, what, what was it, eight demos? Mm-hmm. Yep, that sounds right. Yeah, so we had eight demos directly related to the product. One person was a no-show. One was a, a kind of random person from LinkedIn who just wanted to see a new product. And then the other ones three were introductions from advisors and they weren't really a good fit at the moment. Like they didn't have a hair on fire sort of problem like our, our early successful customers have. So they were, they were intrigued, but the timing wasn't right because they didn't really have the problem. Um, and we've seen, this is something that I think that keeps coming up. One of the things we were, we decided we need to do is have an ideal customer profile. And we're noticing that the people who have the hair on fire sort of problem are at that point where their systems and processes are breaking, which is kind of a key distinction. Some people have you know, a process for onboarding and they're like, yeah, this works pretty good. Yes, it could be better. Sure, maybe I would try this tool if it was amazing, but it's not breaking. And so when it's breaking is when they're interested in switching and trying a new process. And, and so then we're trying to figure out now, given that we had eight demos and none of those people became customers, or I guess one became a, is coming, becoming a customer, this week, They're, they told they committed to paying, but they were somebody who we, had, it was a second demo with them. It wasn't because of the blog post or anything. So because none of those demos last week, none of those eight really, except for that one turned into anything, we, we started questioning, are we, yes, we're getting more demos, but are we getting the right people to demo? So more right. is not Be- better. 
right? All this time we were focused on that one number of just like, all right, we just need to get demos. And it's this feeling of someone wouldn't book a demo unless it was a pretty good fit. But yeah. of course that is not true. They self-select mm-hmm. to take a half an hour of their time only if it was a real... Right. Or wouldn't they look at the site enough to be pretty sure that this is exactly a problem that they're having that they're looking to solve. But in the end, that's not really the case. Yes. So figuring out this, this came up a couple of times. We had been thinking about it, but we had two calls last week with more successful entrepreneurs that we know a little bit that had mentioned an ideal customer profile, uh, an ICP document. And that's something you make internally that kind of lists all the components of what your perfect customer is and you get really, really specific and narrow. So for us, it's something probably like one to five, maybe even one to three customer success people. Um, we've seen some teams that are a little bit bigger struggle to coordinate or themselves around arrows so far without a success person there, there's not somebody whose job it is to do it. So if it's just the founder doing onboardings, they're probably not big enough or doing enough onboardings for it to matter. Um, they're a SaaS company, so not an agency, not a services company. Um, what else? We, they, they have to have... I think those are the using, big ones. And those I think are the big ones. Those kind of also... It's important to hold that in contrast to our previous idea or concept, which was kind of... We had started pursuing ed tech, kind of that sort of, okay, here's this integration-heavy process and that sort of thing. And this doesn't necessarily rule out a lot of those companies, but it is more specific than mm. that very broad category. Yeah, definitely. And, and so there might be other companies that fit into ed tech that are fit these categories, but ed tech as a category does not necessarily fit this. That's and right. so I think nailing that down helps us nail our targeting, nail our website language, nail our cold email language, because the problems get a lot more specific. So if you think about why things are breaking when you're at three customer success people or two, it's because you're using Google sheets and things are starting to get fragmented. Anybody bigger, they have 50 success people. They probably have an ops person who's figuring out processes and they have the budget to go buy more customer success specific tools. And so they're just in a totally different situation in their maturity as an org. And so nailing that will help us, um, kind of unlock all the other activities that we're doing and also, you know, focus the features we're building for our product um, going forward too. It doesn't also, I think the key thing to mention here is that ICP is not necessarily something you hold on to forever just for this phase. So hours might change in six months as we, you know, add new features or customers of ours expand and grow and we grow with them. So it's, it's worth noting that. Yep, for sure. So we had all those demos last week and while doing that, our latest goal has been to have one piece of content uh, per week that we do. One week, it might be a blog post. Last week, it was a template. This week, we're working on a customer case study. But we've noticed a lot of people Google, both in our Google ads that we run and also just in, in search engine results, they're looking for templates, like basically like Google Sheets or Google Doc templates, just as a starting point. Um, because people just don't really know what to do. They're, they're like, oh, we're doing onboarding. We're doing customer success, um, success planning. What's the, what do other people do? And they just want like mm-hmm. a document to start from. To frame it more high level, it's, you know, the process that we are replacing is often Google Sheets and Google Docs. So we have a pretty good sense of what these docs look like. And so there are then other teams that don't have those docs yet. 
And so they're moving into that stage where they are using those docs to run this process. Can we help people get to that stage so that then when they outgrow that stage, we can be the tool that they look to, to help them get to that next step, essentially. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we've also wondered, this remains to be seen. We just kind of put that document online last week, our uh, implementation plan template. But we, as part of that, we started, we just did a LinkedIn post and maybe shared it one other place. And we've already got eight people who've downloaded it. Or was it more than that? Like 12? Um, We've got a lot of people who started downloading it more than we expected. And a few of them seem like a decent fit, at least worth talking to. And so it remains to be seen if the people who are looking for this are, are if there's some in there that actually have a need that is fifths arrows, you know, maybe they're looking for a template, but they're actually, it's because their, their current system is breaking. So they're looking for a template to make the template, their current system better, but actually what they need is a tool and they've, you know, hadn't found a tool out there that fit because they're all a lot bigger, a lot more expensive. And so our kind of more narrow specific tool might be a fit. So we'll, We'll find out. Yeah. And so then also on the customer front, I always forget where we mark or when we say that we got a customer or not. What do you mean? Like when then they became a customer? Yeah. Like, oh, this week we got a customer. I forget. I, I say we do it when they paid or when they gave us a, yes, we are paying on this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, we didn't say. So we had a customer pay last week. We totally forgot. We, we ran over what we we're going to talk about on the show. We totally forgot. Yeah. <laughs> We have, a, a kickoff, <laughs> we have a kickoff call this week for a customer who paid last week. And then we have another kickoff call for a customer this week who has told us they're going to pay the morning of the call. Mm-hmm. But they told us that last week. So this week and last week, we have two new customers. We'll, we'll throw it into one combined thing. But yeah, so th- that's pretty awesome. They're both doing a two-month paid trial. Both of them are slightly, or, you know, a fair bit different than our existing customers that have been successful. So We'll learn if that works. Um, one is a lot more high volume. They do a few hundred onboardings per month, but only have one person running those. The other one would have two or three users in the app, but they do far less. You know, they do maybe ten onboardings a month, but they are considering using arrows to also re-engage existing customers with. Um, you know, you can almost think of it as re-onboarding customers to a new use case. They've learned what uh, their successful customers do, so they're going to go hit up the the old ones and say, we, Hey, we learned this awesome process. We'd love to teach you about it and use arrows to guide them through getting the most value out of that process um, with their product, which is really interesting as a use case. Cause we've talked to people who've mentioned doing that, but nobody's really rolled that sort of plan out yet. And yeah, the other thing is both of these people want the option to eventually embed arrows into their dashboard somewhere. So we're going to have to figure that out what that even means. Like, what do they mean by that? That could be a lot of different things, but that's the next big challenge. Yeah. Two new customers. So this week is looking like onboarding those two new customers, starting to map out some of their more specific requirements. And then the other thing, like you said, is we want to gather some case studies from our existing successful customers. That's a piece of feedback that we've heard a lot from different folks is that, having case studies are sort of showing social proof. Yeah. Social proofs showing how that people are actually using this product and are getting value from it would be very helpful. And then we're going to probably email some of the people that download the implementation plan to see if there's 
any reason to have a demo with them, just try to learn more about them. All we know is that they downloaded the plant. So it'd just be good to have a little bit more qualitative information about them. But those being the big things, is there anything else on the list? Now we're pausing cold emails. That was the other thing that I wrote down. So I think we've sent enough that at this point, it kind of feeds back into the customer profile piece where we're trying to figure out how to relate and understand the more specific group of people. And I, th- and we, th- we suspect that might be why cold emails aren't hitting. Uh, it might also just be time of year, uh, pandemic, that sort of thing. It could be, yeah, there's the one thing that's been challenging is finding tools where you could say, give us a company that has three people with this title in it or something. It's hard to find tools where you can go research that easily. Right. So. It's a lot of, it's much easier to find data and companies with larger teams, basically. Yeah. Well, that's it. So thanks. We'll see you next week. See you next week.